Genesis chapter 2, 15 through 24. We've been in a great series called Legacy, and I want to continue in on that today. And I want to, I've been talking about the family. We've, we, we determined that there are three areas of legacy that each person in life leaves a legacy for. You leave a legacy, a spiritual legacy, you leave a legacy of family, and you leave a legacy of finances, okay? Those are the three areas that we're dealing with and that we're talking about. And we already spent some time talking about the spiritual legacy, but now we want to give some time over to talking about the importance of the family and the legacy of family. And we started that a few weeks back by talking about the importance of a father. How many got some great things out of that talk, amen? It's important you know your role, men, uh, as fathers. And you can't get it from movies. You can't get it from music. You can't get it from the media. You can't get it from your hood. You can't get it from your family. The only place we can get purpose from is from our maker, our creator. And he gives us our purpose in the word of God. And we talked about the, the purpose of a father or the role of a father being one that's a sustainer and a provider. And we get that from the Hebrew word ab. And we talked about those things. Well, today we want to talk about the role of the mother, of the female in the family. Okay, And this is so important. It's so important for, for a couple reasons. We determined a couple weeks ago that if you don't know the purpose of a thing, you'll abuse a thing. Okay, And so it's important. If you don't know what a man is for women, you'll abuse him. And some women go, how am I going to abuse him? He's so dang big. No, no, no. You, you think abuse is only physical, but you can abuse somebody mentally. You could abuse them. Abuse basic, basically means this, using them outside of their purpose. Okay, that's, that's what abuse is. I know we only think many times it's verbal abuse or physical abuse. But if you're not using him and understanding what he's for, you can misuse him. That's what the word abuse means. It's misuse. And so we have a lot of our families that are abusing men. I know it sounds crazy, but it's happening. But also what we're having in our families is men abusing their wives. And that sometimes is a little bit more familiar in our culture. But what it, what the, what it basically comes down to is this, a misuse of the role. Okay. So maybe you're not beating your wife. Hopefully you're not, in Jesus' name, or, or we'll, we'll fix you. No, I'm just joking. Mm, that's a whole other thing. Hopefully you're not beating your wife. Hopefully you're not verbally abusing her. But, you know, there are times you can also abuse in other ways, male and female. So that's why we're talking about these things, because it's important that we understand the roles, and we have to get into the Word of God. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 through 24, it says it like this. Then the Lord God took the man... And put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, it shall surely die. And the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called a thing, that's what its name was. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, the birds, the air of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. 
And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you right now for this time that we have in your house. I thank you for every sacrifice that every person made to get to church today, Lord. I know you see the things we could be doing, but we've chosen to be in the the house of God to hear your word and to be transformed by it. Father, help us to leave a healthy legacy of family to the next generation. Help us as men to get a better understanding for the purpose of a woman and help the women to understand who they are in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Now, I take these times very serious because we live in a culture and in a society that calls down, up, and up, down. We live in a culture in America that calls good evil and evil good. And then what happens, we, we're raised in that environment. We're programmed in that environment through television, through music, through your friends at school, through your people you grew up with, through your family. And we develop uh, belief systems based on our environment. Many people say, well, that you know, makes us products of our environment. Amen. That's, that's normally what happens. But then we give our lives to Jesus. And then, according to the word of God, our inner man comes alive. And we are no longer just a soul and a body. When we give our lives to Jesus, we become a three-pronged being just like God. You know, the, the, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. A born-again person is now spirit, soul, and body. And now what must happen, according to the New Testament, is something needs to take place in our lives called a transforming in our lives. And we must be transformed, according to the book of Romans, by the renewing of our mind. Because when you give your life to Jesus, the only thing that changes is your spirit man. You are still left with a brain that thinks a certain way. And it takes time to get those thoughts renewed. It takes time to learn new behavior. It takes time to learn how to look at a woman in a pure way. Come on, men. It takes time how to pre-program yourself on how we should live our lives, which is why you need to come to church and it needs to be a priority, which is why you need to read the Bible, which is why you need to listen to preaching, which is why, because all of that is changing your mind. Why? Because what you you grew up in, what we all grew up in, what we were raised in, what our culture is, is much of it is contrary to God's word. And what we're seeing now in America is we're seeing a season of reaping what we've sown. And people are kind of like, what's happening to America? Marriages are falling apart. Our neighborhoods, crime and all these things. Listen, you could take guns away from people, but there's still going to be a whole lot of killing if we don't renew this thing here. It don't take much to kill somebody. But see, the problem is this thing right here. So we're taking time as we're looking at legacy. Okay, because the bottom line is this, and you got to come to the place of admitting this first, 
understanding that if you're going to raise a good family, you've got to learn how to do it. Because there's not a single person in here that is equipped to be a good dad on your own. There's not a single mom in here as loving as you are. You're not equipped to be that child's best mom. We need God and we need his word. Now, we also have to make a decision that we want better than the environment we come out of. We got to make that decision. Because if you don't make that decision, the things I'm teaching you ain't going to matter to you. Because if you're content being like everybody from your hood or everybody in your family, if you're content with having kids that have babies out of wedlock, if you're content with having kids that don't go to college, if you're content with getting married not just once but twice or three times or four times, if you're content with what the world's content with, this message ain't going to help you. But I believe I'm speaking to a bunch of people that want more than what we're getting around us. I want my marriage to last. Amen? I want to raise kids that don't grow up and become uh, drug addicts. I want to raise kids that I don't have to go to a court for and stand before a judge and cry to get him, get the judge from not locking up my child. I want that. But you know what? If I don't get God's word, I, I might, I might, that might be my case. So what I'm talking to you about here is very important, but you got to see some of the things I'm going to talk to you about are almost going to seem like, oh, that's crazy. Because you could be doing wrong for so long that it becomes right. Like there's some women here, you just think, well, a man is going to cheat. And when somebody comes and says, no, there are men of God that will stand by their women. You go, yeah, what fairy tale is that? Oh, is that must be, is that, uh, I've heard of King Kong. Is that part of that legend too? Is that, are unicorns real too? You know, because your reality has been a certain thing. And when you hear the real Sometimes you can't relate because you've been living in the fallacy of what is for so long. Are you guys tracking with me today? So when we begin to look at the roles, and I spent a couple weeks talking to you about men, some of our minds were on tilt. Like, yeah, right, my man ain't never going to do that. Yeah, right, I ain't never seen that. But listen, that's what we're created to be. And men, you've got to rise up out of some of the old mentalities and be what God's called you to be. It might look impossible. It might look hard. But that is why we have Jesus. And he gives us the scripture, Philippians 4, all things. I can do all things through Christ. Come on, somebody. That means I can go from being a deadbeat dad to a great dad. That means I can go from a person that doesn't know how to father a child to becoming father of the year. Come on, amen? I can go from a woman abuser. Uh, I can go from somebody that has misused women and been promiscuous, can keep a girlfriend and be faithful to her, to becoming this great uh, husband, this great person that is, is faithful and doing all these things because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can become a father even though I never had a father. Are you guys tracking with me? So now we deal with women today. I want to I transition this too because I've put a lot of emphasis on how important women are. But what you've got to understand is in, in emphasizing how important a woman is, I am not de- I mean, and, and by emphasizing how important a man is, I am not de-emphasizing the importance of a woman. And the, and the problem with this here, I'm going to have to, ushers have to walk me out of here today. But the problem is most of the men in this room don't have a proper understanding of what God has given you in your wife. 
I could have said all, but I'm trying to watch people's feelings today, okay? I'm trying to give some hope. Now, listen, I say that, and the reason I could say all is because my hand would be right up there with yours. Because it has taken me a while, a long time, and I'm still not arrived at understanding my wife and understanding all that is wrapped up in her. So this is not a, a simple thing. It's a very difficult thing, but I'm hoping that we can help understand what a woman is, men, so that we can better uh, be able to live, coexist, create, and build great lives. Because I want you to understand this, and if you're taking notes, write this down. There is nothing in the earth more powerful than when a man and a woman work together. That is an unstoppable force. And if you don't believe me, look what happens in sexual intercourse. Life is created. Life is created. The only time life is created is when a man and a woman come together. And what begins to happen? You want to know what life is being created? That is us being most like God. That's when you and I are most like God, when a man and a woman come together. What's the result? Life. Who creates life? God, our dad. We are most like God when man and women are united. But that's not just to be for sexual intercourse. That's supposed to be how we walk. That's supposed to be how we live, how we get up in the morning. How we, how we do life, how we attack our careers, how we raise our kids, how we obtain lands and properties. We do it together. But here's the problem. Much of us in this room can't see eye to eye. And you're married to somebody that you don't agree with. And you're married with somebody that sees life a different way than you do. And I'm here to tell you this. That's okay. You're normal. It's like that for everybody. It's like that for everybody, which is why we need God. And we need God to work on me. Everybody say, I need God to work on me. I know what you wanted to say. You wanted to say, God, I need God to work on her. I need God to work on him. But see, those kinds of mentalities never fix anything until we make this about you and God. So I think I got your attention now. So let's go into the word of God and let's look at here the woman. What was woman created by? Well, woman was created by God, but understand this, she was taken out of the man. Now, 1 Corinthians tells us that woman was made for man. Think about that for a moment. She was made for man and comes from man. I like to put it like this. God took things out of us that we no longer have, we can only find them in women. Now think about that. Think about that. There are things that if I live this life by myself, I will never get to accomplish and get to understand or get to experience because there are parts of me that are in my spouse. There are things in a man that aren't there anymore that the only way we can get to them is by finding the right woman. Can I get an amen? amen? And as I've been saying for weeks, it was the only time in the, in the book of Genesis that God called something not good. He said it's not good that there's no women. 
It was a perfect planet, people. Perfect environment. Animals didn't attack people. Animals didn't attack each other. Some theologians even believe animals talked because the serpent did. I mean, this, this environment was perfect. And God says, something just ain't right. Come on, Keith Sweat. <laughs> something, something, come on. Something, something, just, it ain't just ain't right. You could Google that later on, some of the young heads. What's he talking about there? Keith, who is he sweating? <laughs> what was he talking about here? What was, God, what was God saying wasn't right? There was no women. In a perfect world, it wasn't good enough until the women showed up. Hey, women, don't get big-headed, because then look what happened. Amen. <laughs> I just had to put that in there. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. But the design was, what God was doing when he created woman was he was also making it so that man can be dependent on somebody else. Also, what, God, I, be what I believe God was doing is he was making it to where God could express who he was in male and in female. Now, I know in our limited thinking about God, we just like to think that God, you know, is a man. And then some would say, well, God's a woman. See, that's limited thinking. God is so much bigger than that. But God did make man in his image. And the Bible says male and female, he made them. So understand this. There are female attributes to God. There are female attributes to God. And they're expressed in his creation of a woman. And so as I said earlier that man is a image, uh, a should be an image and a reflection of God, women also are. This is what breaks my heart around the world because women are so abused around the world. I just got back from the two of the largest Muslim nations in the world, and it breaks my heart. I could show you pictures of the women having to cover their entire bodies. Black shrouds, look like black ghosts walking around just shrouded, can't even just barely just show their eyes, okay, while the men get to walk around in shorts, you know, men are just all free and everything, there, there's that kind of thing, I saw a report just yesterday in El, in El Salvador, there is one homicide every hour, and 80% of the victims are women, I mean, you could go all over the world, even in our own country, it's only been about 50 years that a woman's been allowed to vote and work, right, I mean, it hasn't even been that long that women in this country have been, have been liberated to another degree. Now, there, you could still go to churches in Sacramento today, and they won't allow women to speak in church. They want to use some obscure scriptures in the Bible. There's a problem with that. Why is there a problem? Because there is an expression of God that women have to make. Man can't make it. We cannot express the same way a woman can the female attributes of God. So in, in, in God's all, his sovereignty and all his wisdom, what does he do? He says, I'm too big to be expressed in one being. He creates two. And when we want to find God, we find him in male attributes and female attributes. And when you understand that, you see how the family is to be, uh, uh, why the family is so powerful. When a man is in the family and a woman is in the family. A man and a wife are the greatest expression to our children of what God's like. Because how many of you know men and women are different? My kids don't cry for me when they get hurt. 
don't get dogs. You, they don't cry for you other dads either. Don't even make it up. <laughs> Who do they cry for? Mommy. Right? Mommy. Right? Is that right? I learned not to get my feelings hurt by that. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Why? Because women are much better at nurturing. Amen? Men, as great as you want to be at it, you'll never be as good as a woman is at nurturing. It's their nature. It's they, they know how to, oh, come here, baby. Blood could still be flowing, but once mom comes in, it's better. She didn't do anything, but she's there nurturing, you know. What do we do? What do we do, dads? Come on. What do we do? Come on. Walk it off, buddy. Walk it off. You're all right. You're all right. You're all right. Come on. Don't, come on. But see, that's equally as important. You need both. Or else you just raise kids that are babies. Be careful, millennials. Be careful. Because we got a generation of people that were only raised by one side of the coin. So let, let's keep looking at this. So woman was created from man. She was taken out of man. Woman is a manifestation of the female attributes of God. This is why I say this. It's important that as a woman, you learn how to appreciate and enhance your femininity. Okay? Your femininity. And mothers, it's important that you teach your daughters about femininity. Everybody say that word. Femininity. Okay? I see you laughing at me, but it sounds just as funny coming out you. <laughs> it's important. Why? Because God created it and is an expression of God's uh, uh, attributes. What we find today in many women is that is coming under attack. Women want to be less feminine and more masculine. And we got some men that want to be more feminine than masculine. Listen, be you. Be what you're created to be. Don't buy what this culture teaches. Well, if my son wants to enhance his femininity, that's okay. He's only three. No, no, no. Guide that little man. Guide him. And it's not wrong to say, mijo, dresses are for girls. This is for, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm touching something right here. This is what, you know, that's, for, that's what girls like. I'm not saying you go, ah, oh, don't be a sissy. Don't do that. No, don't, don't, don't do it like that. But there's nothing wrong with a man guiding his son towards masculinity. And there's nothing wrong with a woman guiding their daughter towards femininity. You don't shove it down their throat. You don't put them down for wanting to look at it. But it is your role to get your child to, to embrace what they were created for. And there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. I know culture would get mad at me for saying that. Well, that's not right. He's a child. He needs, yeah, okay. Like I said, if you want what they have, you can subscribe to that. But if you want better than what is saturating our society, we got to go to God's word. Amen. And what I find in God's word is women are awesome. Amen. They're awesome. Amen. Young girls are awesome. They're smart. They're talented. They're beautiful. Amen? Amen? And men are awesome. They're strong. They're intelligent. They're faithful. Amen? Amen? So whatever God has created you to be, embrace it. Don't, it's not good to ever look at something else and desire to be something that you're not. Amen? Amen. Don't, don't try to be another race. Don't try to be another gender. Don't try to be another this or that. 
be you. Come on, somebody. That's a good message right there. Let's just keep going. So, so woman is a manifestation of female attributes of man, okay? God has these attributes. Now, the Hebrew word for woman means basically this, man with a womb. Man with a womb. Now, I, I think about that oftentimes. If these things were taken out of Adam, what was Adam like before the fall? It's possible Adam had a womb. It's possible Adam had some of, these, some of these attributes, but God took that out of the man, put it in the woman. And, it's, it, and when you see what the word woman means, you find out a little bit about her purpose, okay? What is a womb? I want you to write these things down. A womb can basically, what is the functions of a womb? A womb can basically incubate, nurture, carry, and protect. A womb can incubate, nurture, carry, and protect. What does this mean? This means if you are a woman, these are ways and these are signs of how you're created and some of the attributes that you have that us men don't have. We can't do what you do. Amen? Ooh, that needs to be put on national TV today because we got women trying to be men and men trying to be women. Right? It's happening all over, and everybody's like, cool with it. But you know what? A sex organ don't make you a man or a woman. It's a part of it. It's a part of it. But there are things about how God creates us. So a woman is a man with a womb. What is a womb? It's something that can incubate. So women, understand this, and men, understand this about your woman. She can incubate things. She could take a seed, hold that seed, and allow that seed to develop for nine months. And that seed is developing, and it's growing, and it's getting better, and it's getting bigger. Think about what a woman can do with a vision. Her husband gives her a vision. She holds that vision. She chews on that vision. That vision grows in her womb, and a woman can enhance a vision. But, man, you got to have a vision to give her. It ain't a vision just to get season tickets. It ain't a vision just to have a nice house. That's a part of a vision. But men, what if you can come in contact with your purpose? And what if you can give your wife a vision for your family, for your marriage? You know what she'll do? She will incubate that thing. And that vision will go from being something small into something great. You've heard me say it before. A woman can take groceries and make a meal. A woman can take a house and make it a home. It's a beautiful thing. There's a powerful thing about a woman. She incubates. She takes a seed. She carries that thing until it has fruition. Every house we've lived in, my wife has incubated in her spirit. She's incubating one now. You know, every, every place we've gone, they're, they're, the details of the vision of this house haven't come from me. They've come from my wife. I cast the vision, she incubates. That's what makes a marriage a powerful thing. But you know what happens in most families? The men don't want to listen to the woman. Shut up, woman. Go make me a sandwich. Yeah, we laugh, but that's like a joke right now in, in, uh, in social media, you know. That's like a big thing because we want to push women aside. Don't be a fool. Do you understand what God has given you? 
God has taken something that can take your seed, your vision, and enhance it, incubate it, cause it to grow, and then birth it. So when a man has a vision and he finds the right wife, and I emphasize right, they become what is known as a power couple. Now, in today's society, power couples are rare. Ooh, a power couple. Every couple should be a power couple, fool. Why ain't yours one? I tell you why it's not one, because you have not yet learned your role, and you don't appreciate your wife's role. We've got to get in place. So that's one of the attributes of the womb man. She can incubate. So she takes a seed, holds it, develops it. It grows in her. She produces. And the thing that she's given is now better than when she received it. That's what you're married to, men. Do you appreciate her? Does she have a voice? Can she speak? Listen, I'll tell you right now, and I'll be the first to admit it. It has taken me a while to give my wife a voice. And, she, and, and it, it didn't start out easy. So I'm, you know, I'm preaching into this thing 17 years, and I might make it sound like I got it all together, but I don't. It's taken some learning. Because it's not in our nature many times to listen to what, the, to what the Bible calls the weaker vessel. But when you get understanding about what she is, it makes it easier. And there's not a single decision I make now without my wife's input. And it's still hard. It's still difficult sometimes to listen to that voice, but it's taking a lot better. I can tell you, I've understood now the value of it. And that's all I'm bringing to you. So if it's been difficult for you, listen, it's just going to take some time. It's not easy. We're not necessarily made right off the bat just to listen to it, but know what you have. Now, let's look at what else a woman can do. A woman incubates. That's what womb means. A womb also nurtures. It nurtures. Now, this is what we were saying earlier. What is it that when a child gets hurt, they cry out for the mom? You know what they're crying out for? The one that can nurture. Very rarely can a man nurture like a woman. Right. Very rarely. That's why you got grown men call for their mom. Right. My wife used to tease me because I would come home from Florida and I would say, hey, mama. She would be like, mama. <laughs> but see, there was that nurturing thing. I would come home and that's mom. And no matter how old you are, mom nurtures. She takes care of. And you know what, men? Men need that. Now, let me talk about this. Women, you got to understand that's in you. But don't only use it on your kids. Hello. Why is it that you can nurture mijito, but you're not nurturing your man? Why is it that you're so consumed with your mijo, but what you need to understand is that big guy that you live with, he's just a big kid. <laughs> we are, right? Amen? Amen? Come on, fellas. You know, well, mentally, we're all still about 12. <laughs> we, we really are. We're in our, we're really 12. You want, you want to know how we know? Because our, our, our humor, <laughs> things we laugh at. Me and my kids sometimes, we'll be in the car laughing. My wife's like, why are you, why are you laughing at that? She don't understand. Mentally, I'm their age. <laughs> it's so true, men. That's, this is how we are. We're, we're just in that, in that vein. So women, when you understand that about your man, listen to this. You understand he needs nurturing just like your kids do. And I'll never forget it. My wife and I were watching an Oprah show where she had T.D. Jakes on there. 
and, and she was at firing questions at T.D. Jakes. And she, she gave him this question, well, what is a woman? She kind of had a little attitude with it, too. Well, what is a woman supposed to do if the man is not doing this, that, and the other? And T.D. stood up to her with his big belly out, and he just looked at her like, you don't look at Oprah like that. He, he was just like on. And he said to her this, well, what women need to do is they need to nurture their husbands the same way they do their kids. And then Oprah just sat back and said, well, okay. Say that again. And she was, it was just a power. I'll never forget it because it's something I don't think we understand that is needed. And it's not just the women's fault for that because men were really good at putting up a front. And it's really not even a front. It's just what we need to do to take on life. We might be mentally 12, but we got to walk this place like we got it. We own it. Solid. You don't want a man to be crying over everything. Amen, ladies? You don't want a man that's so insecure and unsure. Oh, my gosh, I got to go to work today. You don't want that. So a man, he rises up, goes into battle mode. But sometimes what a woman will think is that my man doesn't need me. Listen, if you didn't get nothing out of this today, I want you to hear this from me. Your man needs you. He needs nurturing from you. He needs encouragement from you. He needs touch from you. He may seem hard and large and in charge, but inside he's a 12-year-old boy. And he's getting up every morning trying to muster the courage to take on the world, take on the vision. And he needs that woman to come in and nurture. And you know what nurturing is? This is the same way you nurture your kids. You know when you make your kids their favorite meal? That does something. Works the same way for your husband. When was the last time you made your husband's favorite meal? Oh, I hear it. I hear it in the spirit. Well, when was the last time he made mine? No, no, no. Go back to nurturing. Go back to nurturing. We're going to get to that in a minute. Let's stay in nurturing. See, because of that kind of behavior, two wrongs never make a right. You're never going to get on the same page to achieve that PowerPoint and be that power couple. If those things are there, a conversation needs to happen, not a tit for tat. Make them the greatest meal and then bring up, listen, I did this because I love you. But you know what? It would be cool if you did this for me once in a while. <laughs> Drop the mic right there. It's a great way to get your point across. But we've got to learn how to get more in touch with how we're created. Amen? I'm almost done. Are you guys getting something out of this? A woman. A womb, she incubates, she nurtures. She nurtures. Men, understand that your woman is a nurturer. And when she's nurturing your kids, let her. Because as I said earlier, you know, about men not being so good nurturers, sometimes we don't let our wives nurture the kids. The same way wives many times don't let the husbands father and bring order into the kids. We've got to learn how to embrace both roles. Amen? So incubate, nurture, and here's the other thing a womb does. It carries. It carries. Unfortunately, what many women are carrying is the wrong thing. Women, you're created to carry. You should be creating, carrying vision, carrying hope, carrying faith, carrying love. But many women are carrying bitterness carrying pain, carrying attitudes, carrying hurt. And it's not supposed to be that way. 
not supposed to be that way. God's created you to enhance, to build. There's nothing greater than when a, a woman walks with a man and she's able to carry what she's walking in. This is why, women, you must quit complaining. You must learn how to stop complaining. You must quit putting your drama on Facebook. You got to stop that. That is not an attribute of a woman. A woman can carry. It's what a woman does. She carries. When you're putting drama, or here's the other thing. You, you all know those people on Facebook, they put them subliminal messages. Like they won't put someone's name on it, but you know it's aimed at somebody. Come on now. We're Christians. We're kingdom people. Don't play those games. Don't lower yourself to a lower image. You're a woman. Carry that thing. Right. Carry what God's given you to carry. You prayed for a child, and now you go on Facebook and complain about him. You prayed for kids. You asked for them. And now you're posting pictures. I can't believe what he did. Oh, this is driving me crazy. Carry it. You've been created to carry it. Carry it's not complaining. Oh, pastor, I'm just being real on my social media. Well, be real, real. You want to be real? Be real about what you're created to do. You know what real reality is? The spirit. You want to keep it 100? Post spiritual things. From our position, not our condition. But we got to carry. Women are carriers. But here's the problem, and I'll close with this. Many of you women, rather than carrying and nurturing and doing and, 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 and uh, uh, what was that other word? Incubating the right thing. Listen, you're incubating, nurturing, and carrying the wrong thing. Women, once, once the enemy comes into the fallen state of a woman, see, Satan can't create. He can only twist. That's where the word wicked comes from, twisted. So when Satan comes into a woman's life and takes over the old nature, what he does is he can't change who she is, but he can twist who she is. So instead of carrying, incubating, and nurturing goodness, she carries, incubates, and nurtures pain. And this is why women many times, hear me now, this is why women many times can't get over stuff. Can't get over things. Now, please hear me from my heart. I'm not slamming women here. I'm simply exposing something the enemy does. See, a man can get over something real quick. And that makes women heck of mad. Amen. <laughs> Come on, ladies. I mean, you could have a drop down, drag out argument, make up, and he's ready to make love. And a woman's like, nah, you need to give me a few days. We're straight, but we're not straight. I mean, no, that's just the truth, right? That's part of how a woman is made. But unless a woman encounters Christ, she can't get to where her true nature is supposed to be to nurture, carry, and incubate goodness. All she knows how to carry, incubate, and nurture is badness. So she will carry abuse a long time. Yeah. 
She will carry pain a long time. Listen, I've made some mistakes with my wife. I remember when her brother passed away. We were probably married, I think, maybe two years. I didn't know how to be there for her when that happened. You know, I, I did my best. I, like, you know, was, like, trying to be sympathetic. I did the funeral. You know, I was there with the family. I did all the things I knew how to do. But one of the things I didn't understand in the first few years of my marriage is really how she was made. And that, you know, men, and I know many men do this, we want our wives to get over stuff quick because that's how we're made. And when they can't, we get frustrated and we get like, what is this? And I didn't know how to walk with my wife through that loss of her brother. And for many years after, she would tell me, you weren't there for me. And I'll be like, what are you talking about? I wasn't there for you. I did the funeral. I took time off of work. I did all this stuff. But see, in my mind, the way I'm made is men can experience pain and then leave it. But a fallen nature of a woman experiences pain. She holds it. She carries it. Then not only does she carry it, she nurtures it. It becomes a part of her like a pet. And that's, and that's, listen, and that's not good. But unless you understand how you're made, you need to understand that's what you're going to do. And so my wife at that point, where she was very young, we we're both very young, she was needing understanding of what she was, and I didn't have it. I didn't have it. Man, we've got to learn. That's why the Bible tells us we have to dwell with our wives with understanding. And this is what I'm trying to help you do this morning. And hopefully you can learn from some of my mistakes. That you just don't get to get a wife and everything straight. This is why you got to come to church. This is why you got to read your Bible. This is why you need discipleship. This is why you need to be around other healthy people. Because we got to learn from each other about what it takes to be married, to take care of a woman. Because not only do you have to be there for your wife, listen to this, you got to be there for your daughter. Most of you know, a year ago, we were in a very bad car accident. If it wasn't for the Lord, and if it wasn't for Honda, the type of Honda we made, it's very good, well-made. I'm a spokesman for life now for the Honda Pilot. <laughs> Man, we were, we were protected in that. But the two people in my family that were affected most by that accident were my wife and Selena. Me and my boys were like, are you good? I'm good. Are you right? Okay. And boom, you know, and they got checked out and, and we were okay. And for a long time, I didn't quite get or understand what my wife and what Selena was going through. And, you know, to be honest, I was just like, come on, you, you know, Selena, it's okay. You know, you don't have to be afraid. But we would be in a car, and, and we'd hit the brakes, and my wife would, oh, you know, get real, like, it was hard. It was like, she'd get scared. Selena, the same thing. And as a man, it would frustrate me. You got to let that go. You can't let, you know, as a man. But then we've got to stop and think, they're a woman. This is how they're made. Husbands, we've got to learn about our wives and about our daughters and about what they need. We've got to learn they're not like us, and that's a good thing. Amen? 
And we need to learn how to give grace and understanding. Dads need to do that. for. I haven't always done that to the best of my ability for my wife and my daughter. But like I told you, I'm learning as you're learning. It's different. And we've got to grow. And just having the information is not enough. We've got to allow God to do work in our lives. That's what we got to do as men. But women, what you've got to do is you've got to learn not to carry the wrong thing. Because that womb was not made to carry pain and negativity and abuse. It was made to carry vision and goodness and hope. So just as a man needs to learn how to deal with you, you've got to learn not to carry the wrong thing. Some of you can talk about something that happened five years ago, and the way you talk about it, it was like it happened yesterday. Because you're carrying it. You're carrying that abuse that you grew up under. You're carrying that ex-boyfriend. You're carrying that fight from two years ago. You got to stop that. You got to stop that. Don't use your womb to incubate the wrong thing. Because you know who's going to pay? Your spouse, your kids. Because what begins to happen when in your womb is nothing but bitterness, hurt, pain? Help me on the keys if you could, uh, Eddie. Help me on the keys. What begins to happen if your womb is filled with all those things? Guess what? That's what you produce. It's what you produce. Do you want to produce that for your kids? Do you want to produce that for your spouse? Do you want to produce that at your job? This is why, as I told you last week, we have all these TV shows, Housewives of This, Hip Hop and Love, Whatever This, Mob Wives, Kardashians. And what do all these shows have in common? They have women with attitude. You ain't going to do nothing, and, nah, 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 and women getting in fights, and, nah, 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 and you sitting there watching on TV. Oh, shoot, look at her. Oh. See, if you're good with that life, what I'm saying is not going to help you. What I'm saying you're probably going to disagree with. What I'm saying, what I'm teaching is for you not to be like that. Because some of you like that. Ain't nobody going to mess with me. Bitterness is in that womb. I know you didn't have a dad, mama. I know, I know that last boyfriend hurt you, mama. But how long are you going to incubate it? How long are you going to carry that, mama? How long? You got to get that womb free so that God can deposit good things to carry. A vision like going to the nations. A vision like loving God and lifting others. A vision like having a strong family, sending your kids to. How long are you going to carry that thing? It's bitter. It's ugly. And for some of us here, it's chased away some good men. How long do you want to chase away men that are trying to love you? It's broken up a lot of marriages. I know you want to blame him. I know you want to. But today, you got to look in the mirror. Maybe it's because you've just been holding all this pain, all this hurt, all this negativity. Let's stand on our feet. I'm not going to beat around the bush this morning. If something I said, maybe you're a woman here and you feel like, you know what? I've been carrying some of that. I've been carrying that. I want you to come down to the front right now. If you want to get free from this, if we're going to make this change, you got to step out. 
Just come to the front right now. We're going to give this over to God. We're going to cleanse that womb in, in the spirit. And we're going to have the Lord begin to use that womb for what it's for, carrying vision, goodness, enhancing life. We got to put the pain in the past, the pain away. And just close your eyes when you come up here right now. Anyone else? There's no shame in this thing. You either want it or you don't. You either want it or you don't. Now just close your eyes if you're up here right now. Father, I just pray over each and every one of these ladies. They never wanted this pain, Lord. They never wanted what was done to them. It's almost not even fair. Some of the hurts that they're living with. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's a divorce. But Father, we can do all things through you. But Father, we want to be restored to our original purpose. And Father, these women were made to nurture, carry, protect, vision, goodness, love. They've been, married, they've been made to enhance life, to make their families better, to make their children better, to make their husbands and future husbands better. But right now, Lord, they have stepped out of their seats. They've come to this altar to give you, Lord, their pain, to give you their hurts. And I ask you right now, Lord, in this holy moment, you would just begin to take those memories. You would begin to take those pains out of their spirit, out of their womb right now. No longer will they nurture it by rehearsing it. No longer will they keep rehashing it. And no longer will it hinder them expressing the attributes that you've given them. To protect your, themselves, and some of you here, to protect yourself, you've had a hard heart. This morning, even as I'm speaking, God is melting your heart. God is melting your heart. God is melting your heart. I don't need to touch you. Holy Spirit's touching you already. You don't need my touch. I, the Holy Spirit is touching you. Now, Father, just begin to take those pains. Just begin to take those hurts. Just begin to take those memories. Come on, church, just begin to pray for them right now where you're at. Just begin to take those things off of them right now. No longer will you carry that. No longer will you nurture that. No longer will you protect that. We give it over to you right now, Lord. pain of that divorce is coming off of somebody's womb right now. The pain of fatherlessness is coming off of you right now. The pain of rape is coming out of your womb right now. The pain of that ex-boyfriend is coming off of you right now. It's coming out of you. We're letting it go. We're letting it go. We're letting it go. The pain of abuse is leaving your womb right now. It's letting go. 
You are no longer going to be a victim after this time. You're no longer a victim of what that man did to you. You're no longer a victim of what your father didn't give you. You are no longer going to nurture that. Now, ladies that are up here, just say this over and over. I let it go. I let it go. Just keep saying, God, I let it go right now. I let it go. 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 It's leaving your life right now. It's leaving your heart right now. Whoo, it's leaving. It's leaving your house. I command every demonic spirit that has been living on that stronghold right now to go. Every demonic spirit, come off of her in Jesus' name. Where you at? Where you at? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We command that demonic presence, we command it to go in Jesus' name. We command that to leave you. Can't live there no more. Go. coming into your true identity, ladies. You're coming into your true identity. Come on, let's give God a good praise clap up here today. Now, ladies, look up here. Look up here. God's doing, God began something this morning. And what you put down, don't pick it up anymore. What you put down, don't pick it up anymore. What you put down, let me see your hand. Father, we just pray right now. Give her strength. Give her strength. There's a new season's beginning in your life. I know you've been frustrated because people haven't understood what you've gone through. But you've got to let that go. God understands. God has seen what others haven't seen. We just believe for a new start. In Jesus' name. It's a new start. It's a new day. I just pray over each woman today, even those of you out there, let God rebuild you in these times. You have something? I just really have it on my spirit to just tell all of you women, as you come up to the altar and you've given those things away, you've released that pain that you've been incubating and holding on to, you got to know that you have, you're going to have to continue to make the decision to resist, to continue to incubate and carry those things. I have to make a decision daily to let those things go and to decide that I'm not going to incubate those things anymore. Just because you go before the altar and God heals you, that doesn't mean the devil's not going to come back and try to bring it right back to you. And because we're so conditioned because of what we've experienced, remember, that's our, those are our realities, but that's not God's truth for you. That's not what he created you to carry. So you have to decide to agree with God's truth for your life and not the reality that you've lived. Because that reality is what carries that pain and reminds you every day. And that's what you hold on to. So you have to wake up tomorrow and decide, I gave that to God and I'm not going to carry it anymore. 
And when I decide I'm not going to carry it, that means I have to look different. That means I have to talk different. That means I have to think different. And it matters. But you have to make that decision. And then God will meet you there. And you will begin to see you change from the inside out. Let's give it up for our ladies today. You guys can be seated. Amen. I'm just telling you, we're transforming families. We're leaving a strong legacy. Don't miss next week. Amen. And pray. I just pray all you moms and dads will bring your kids out to VBS. God bless you guys. Don't forget, there's barbecue out front. Uh, there is going to be a short VBS meeting. If you are volunteering for VBS, stay up here, maybe get in these first three rows. Uh, Chris and Aubrey just want to give you a, a short uh, briefing about what they need this week. So if you're helping with VBS, stick around here. And then in about 10 minutes or so, we'll start our new members class uh, right in the, in the side nursery area there. But we want to give them time to clear it out too. So God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>